Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And today is a beautiful day in Alpharetta. Um, Folks, if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way, they've got, they actually answer their own phone over here at Renaissance Bank. If you're looking for that kind of bank, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. What I have found in my own experience is they have that mix, that magic mix of being able to um, serve a lot of different needs, but to do it in a personal way. And uh, that's what I have found myself, and I think you'll find it too. So go to renaissancebank.com to learn more. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Chief John Robison. John is the Director of Public Safety for the City of Alpharetta Department of Public Safety. Chief Robinson, welcome. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. Thank, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Um, let's talk about you and how you're serving folks. It may be obvious, but let's explain. Okay, so a little bit of a unique position. Like you said, Director of Public Safety, everybody just calls me Chief. So uh, I am actually responsible for police, fire, and 911 services here in Alpharetta. So that's uh, um, a little bit uh, abnormal here in Georgia and in the South, but um, we are one big family. And so I get the privilege, and it is a privilege, of, of serving our police, our fire, and our 911 folks. Now, is there a little friendly competition between the police and the fire? Always. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's always competition there, uh, a lot of ribbing yeah, that goes on. Uh, but at the end of the day, when, uh, when, when things need to happen and business needs to get done, they work together very well. You're all on Team Alpharetta. That's but, right. But because you're on Team Alpharetta, there's, there's, uh, teammates have fun with each it's other. It's like a right? family rivalry. You know, you got, you got <laughs> brothers and sisters, and so uh, they do uh, definitely enjoy some, some, some competition. But like I said, the, the goal is the same for everybody at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. You said this is unique, your, your position at overseeing these three distinct, distinct yet interrelated areas of the city's functions. Um, why is it so unique? I mean, public think? safety, you, you have some agencies up north especially that are public safety um, in that imagine a police officer in a, in a patrol car and a fire call comes out. He or she may literally have turnout gear, fire turnout gear in their trunk, pull over, pull on some turnout gear and go put out the fire. That's mm-hmm. That's kind of the original model of public safety that you see some places, mainly up north, not a lot. Um, so we don't do that. We have some firefighters that are cross-sworn and, uh, and serve in, in a dual role. But for the most part, we have distinct police officers, distinct firefighters, and, and distinct dispatchers. So we're, we're pretty unique in that. When I started here in, in, uh, in late 01, when I got hired, we were just police, and then fire was its own separate department, same mm-hmm. with 911. And then uh, the chief that hired me, Gary George, in 2007, he and, and some other folks decided, let's, let's make this a public safety entity, kind of create a one-family type model. And so that's where we've been ever since. How has that uh, model helped you? And we're going to get into leadership here, because that's really the subject of this conversation. But how has this helped uh, you in terms of your ability to lead and then just the culture of uh, these these 
that 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 exist within the Department of Public Safety. Yeah. So what was interesting is again, police and fire and nine one one have very distinct roles. But at the end of the day, we're here to serve the community. We're mm-hmm. here to serve Alpharetta. Right. And so one of the interesting challenges for me early on when I came into this role in two thousand seventeen was to try to make sure we were all striving for the same mission, same purpose. Now, that may look different. Our purpose is to enhance the quality of life of those that live, work, and play in Alpharetta. For a police officer, that may be a little bit different than a firefighter and a mm-hmm. dispatcher, but at the end of the day, that is our that is our one goal. That is why we exist as an organization. So for me as a leader, I felt like that was one of my primary goals and, uh, and, and needs, honestly, was to make sure that we are all shooting for the same target. Again, it may look different in different roles, mm-hmm. but that's why we're here. That's why we exist is, is to enhance that quality of life. Let's uh, sidestep for a second and talk about you personally. Why Talk about your journey and, and why law enforcement, public safety. Yeah, so I, I've always had an interest, even through high school and in college. My undergrad was in in uh, in, in public safety and, and criminal justice specifically. And so uh, when I started here in 2002 as a police officer, I, I loved it. I felt like that's what I was called to do, what I was created to do. Worked here about 10 years and uh, worked my way up to a lieutenant position and then actually had an opportunity to go to another department near where I live over in West Cobb, Powder Springs Police Department. Mm-hmm. Worked there for five years, ended up being police chief there for two years. And then the guy that that hired me back in, in late 01, early 02, actually retired. And so I put in for the job and, and came back. And so I had to come back home work-wise for me and uh, and take on this role. And so I'm, I'm very blessed. It's a phenomenal department, phenomenal city. Uh, we're mm-hmm. so well supported here. So I, I've, I've got a good gig, and I, I know that I do. Yeah, well, that's terrific. Congratulations on that. Thank you. For sure. So you've written a book. I have. What, what The first thing I want to know is when do you have time to write a book? <laughs> we know I'm fortunate in that uh, my, my kids are grown out of the house. So uh, we're in that stage now. And, and my wife's very supportive. She always has been. So uh-huh. um, I actually, this, this idea kind of bounced around in my head a little bit when I was doing my dissertation, which involved leadership. And then mm-hmm. from that, I just kind of became a goal. I'm, I'm passionate about the topic and thought I got some good thoughts on it and mm-hmm. just sat down and started writing one day and got a great publisher here in Alpharetta, Book, book Logics, that yep. I work with. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, uh, I've got a book. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Your book is called Compelling Force Leadership. Yes. Talk, talk about the what, what that title indicates for in terms of what's under the cover. Sure. So I'm a big believer in transformational leadership. That's that's uh, That style leadership has been researched and been around since the 70s, uh, but it's especially, I think, paramount for leaders of all organizations today. And a big part of that type of leadership is utilizing influence to lead others. It's, to me, the difference between being a leader and a boss. A boss, people follow you because they have to. A leader, people follow you because they want to. Mm-hmm. And a key word to that is influence, utilizing influence to to have people lead you. And I came across a definition one day. I think it was actually dictionary.com of all places. Mm-hmm. And it described influence as a compelling force. And I was like, mm-hmm. that really describes it well. So that kind of started ringing in my head. And that's where that terminology came from. And, and so I came up with compelling force leadership and then uh, how leaders can use their influence to effectively lead people with purpose and passion. So that's kind of where the, the the compelling force part came from. And so I describe it as uh, striving to be compelling force leaders in our organizations. Um, you, one key word there is obviously the word influence. How, how do leaders know and how do they gauge their influence? Cause that's, that's a, um, 
self-referential kind of issue, right? And sometimes it's hard to judge for us to judge ourselves objectively, right? That's that's a great question. And and you're right. That's not something that's easy to identify. But I I believe that uh, when people, uh, when when they trust us, when when they uh, follow us, even when sometimes following us may not always be the the easiest uh, path to take, mm-hmm. but they're willing still to be mission oriented and, and purpose driven. Uh, when people come in and their commitment to the organization is strong, all these are aspects of transformational leadership. Um, when they uh, when when they believe in the purpose and the mission you've created, they're following along in that, and they have that commitment. Uh, I think those are all indicators that you can look at and go, okay, we are we're at least heading in the right direction, and, and hopefully people are doing this not because they feel like they have to, but be, because they're on board. Mm-hmm. They share that purpose, they share that vision, that mission that we all are striving for, and uh, and they're excited about it. They feel like they're playing for something bigger than themselves. This is why. I, I talk a lot in the book about purpose, and uh, I'm a huge component, or I'm sorry, proponent of that. I believe that's so important. And so, if you have people that are following and 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 following your lead and trying to achieve that purpose, uh, I, I think that's a pretty good indicator that you you have influence. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the term transform transformational leadership. For those that aren't familiar with that term or that concept, why don't you define that? Sure. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the standard style or the old school style of leadership, not just in our profession, but in general is transactional. Okay. You do what I tell you to do, you get paid, Mm -hmm. you do it really well. You might get a raise, you know, Mm -hmm. you do well on a project, uh, you may get a promotion. It's, it's transactional. I joke, uh, and I think I talk about it in the book, that my dad was a transactional father in that, you know, if I do my chores, I get to eat, right? If I do what (laughs) he tells me to do, I cut the grass, I get to live under our roof type thing. So, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but a transformational leader, again, use, utilizing that influence is all about investing in their people. They're mm-hmm. all about creating healthy cultures. They want to grow people. They want to develop people. Uh, I love the phrase, add value to our people. Mm. The people that work for transformational leaders feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. They feel like they have a voice in the organization uh, we work very hard to create opportunities for people to be involved. It's not just uh, people with rank telling other people without rank what to do. It's a team effort, and 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 we're all in this together. So it's definitely a a perspective that's different than transactional leadership. In that, you know, we really are a team, and my job is not so much to come in and tell people what to do, but to make sure that we are utilizing our folks and growing them and developing them so that we can raise our level of of, of performance and meeting our mission. So your your book draws on the dissertation you did. You you got your PhD. Congratulations on that, by Thank the you. way, because uh, I know what that uh, means because my wife has a PhD, so I know what you did, went went through to yes, get sir. it. Uh, so congratulations on that. Um, uh, talk about the 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 research you did for your dissertation that your book draws from. In a, in a nutshell, it compared the three most common styles of leadership in our profession. Transactional, which I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Also transformational, and then basically passive, which is the type of leader that's just hands off the wheel, not involved at all. Mm-hmm. And so researched uh, several Metro Atlanta police departments, uh, just like much research has been done in the military, education that you see all across the country, all across the world, honestly. So I, I leaned into that research to prepare me for it and then did my own regarding Metro Atlanta uh, law enforcement. And the research matched up with what you'll see in other professions. At the end of the day, transformational leaders versus transactional and passive, uh, people that work for them have a higher level of job satisfaction 
and have a stronger commitment to the organization. So you see, again, where if I'm investing in our people, if I'm making my leadership about them first and foremost, they're going to have a higher level of job satisfaction and they're going to be more committed to the organization, which to me is a win-win for everybody. If they feel that way and feel invested in, they're going to go out and do an even better job of serving our community. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Chief John Robinson is with us, folks. He is the Director of Public Safety for the City of Alpharetta, and he is the author of a newly released book, been out just a few months, I think now, uh, Compelling Force Leadership is the title of his book. Um, So you have a lot to say about understanding your purpose as a leader. Say say more about that. So I... I think purpose for a leader is important in, in, in two ways. Number one, again, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why, Knowing mm-hmm. Your Why. What is my, when, I come, when I come to work every day, what is my why in my position? And as we move to different positions or move up, that why may change, but knowing and understanding that. So I think first, leaders need to understand what their purpose is. They should have a very defined, when I come to work every day, this is my purpose. Now, we have several different parts of our jobs that we have to engage in. But at the end of the day, the purpose should be the cha- the, the, the same. I, I say, you know, for me, my purpose right now, I mentioned our mission statement is to enhance the quality of life of our citizens. So for me, my purpose statement for uh, coming to work every day as John Robinson is to enhance the quality of life of those that work for the Department of Public Safety. I mm-hmm. want to add value to them. So that's my purpose statement. The second level of purpose that's important for leaders is creating purpose for our people, like I referred to already, to make sure that we're mission-minded, that we as an organization are all aiming for the same thing, for the same target, if you will. And so part of our role as leaders is not only, again, knowing my purpose, but also creating purpose for our people so that we're all on the same page as far as why we exist and why we come to work every day. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, let, let's talk about engagement. So. You talk a lot about about it in your book. You know, engagement is one of those terms that's been used so much here in the last few years that um, I think in some contexts it's lost its meaning. Uh, you may or may not agree, but I mean it's it's a it's something of a buzzword, right? It is. Let, 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 let's separate the the reality of it from the 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 buzzword wordiness of it all. So it, I, I can see where it could be considered a little bit of a buzzword. It's been around a long time, but I, I now more than ever believe in the importance of it in that leaders are not going to be effective. You can come up with 10 or 15 different things that leaders need to be able to do well, communicate, um, create vision, all these different aspects we could discuss. Sure. But you're never going to be as effective at anything you talk about in leadership if you're not engaging with your people, if they don't ever see you or hear from you. And I think that's vitally important. That's one of those things I kind of learned along the way in this. I can be much more effective when I'm around our people and connecting with them. And listen, that's not easy. I'm not Pollyannish. I know that for people that have a lot of responsibilities, it's hard to get out there. But if I'm going to prioritize people, which is what transformational leadership's about, then mm-hmm. I've got to actually connect and be with those people. One of the examples I love that I use in the book is is um, it's, it's regarding the uh, the CEO of the of the largest um, healthcare system in in, in New York State, uh, Michael Dowling. And during COVID, you know, seventy six thousand employees, New York State's going, you know, they're they're completely losing their mind up there with COVID. It was terrible, mm-hmm. and yet he made a concentrated effort to go to all his hospitals, to go to all his facilities and meet with his people and engage with them during a critical time. And I think that sent a message to them that, you know, 
ultimately I'm here to support you and help you in this. And so that uh, another uh, example I use in there is Eisenhower. You know, he was responsible for 156,000 soldiers mm-hmm. in the European theater. And yet he made it a common practice to always drive by, just stop by and talk to people. He may talk about the mission, but he may talk about, as I mentioned in the book, fly fishing in Michigan. He finds out somebody's from there and tell me about, you know, your hometown and just constantly trying to engage. Can he visit 156,000 soldiers? Of course not but he understands the importance of connecting with the people that are doing the job. So I, I do think that is very important that we have an engagement perspective as leaders. Yeah. And I, I, I think what you're saying is sometimes we set the bar on engagement really high, right? I mean, th- this is not about um, popping a beer with all your employees or whatever it necessarily, uh, it, it depends on the context, but, um, uh, but just, uh, meeting people where they are maybe is the way to say it, right? I mean, that's what I hear you saying. Absolutely. Uh, for me, in, in my world, we have roll calls on the police side. It's me stopping by a roll call just to say, mm-hmm. hey, check in. Uh, fire stations, going by you know visiting stations, 911 shifts. Uh, you know, Also trying to get consistent messages out to people. One of the ways I engage, I have something called Chief's Chat, where every month we put out a video. It's just me talking, six, seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's a message to the entire organization, 250 employees, but they're hearing the same message. Everybody's hearing the same message out of my mouth. So trying to be creative with that as well. So yes, I mean, we have intentional meetings. We have, you know, I do a once a year, a state of the union type deal. We call it the state of the department where we get everybody together. We have lunch and go over the strategic plan for the year and, Mm -hmm. you know, try to engage in, in a more official capacity. But a lot of it is just simply me trying to drop by, check in when I can and, and being intentional in doing that. What, What do you mean when you say intentional? Intentional means that again, if I'm for me, if yeah. I'm going to prioritize people, I've got to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm being intentional in doing that time. So it may even be as 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 intentional as me putting on my calendar that tomorrow I'm going to go by a certain fire station, or on Monday night I'm going to go by uh, and and visit roll call, and so literally making sure that I schedule that time in there because mm-hmm. we get busy, things happen. But, uh, you know, and I probably don't do it as well as I should, but it's always on my mind and it's a priority in my mind that whatever I can do um, officially or unofficially to make sure that I'm constantly trying to get in front of our people and engage with them. So what I hear you saying, it's it's having a process behind it. I mean, wh- whether that's putting it on your calendar, whether that's uh, um, keeping track of it in some other way, that that you've got a structured, some sort of structure structured process behind it it's it's not just uh, on the fly i do like uh we have we have six fire stations and so that's we have three shifts so that's theoretically 18 different groups to go visit so mm-hmm. i keep on my ipad uh all the fire stations and shifts and so when i get by to visit one i highlight it and so even now i know i've got three or four more and i need to try to get by but i'm trying to keep up to make sure i get by you know and see everybody so mm-hmm. i think it's it's strategic and in being intentional with that but also um, you know, just um, walking through the lower uh, part of our building where our patrol officers hang out and just seeing them on the way in or grabbing a cup of coffee when I get there in the morning and making the round just to say, hey, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing too. There's a coffee shop here in Alpharetta. Uh, I'll give them a plug. It's Fuel uh, up on North Main. And it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite places to go. And one of the reasons why I like to go by there, besides the fact that that uh, Dave and Angela are phenomenal owners and huge supporters of public safety, mm-hmm. there's always some of our folks popping in there just to grab some coffee. And so I know I'm going to see some folks there, just like I did this morning. Stop, take five, 10 minutes, just engage and talk. And so sure. I think it's it's being very intentional in scheduling and, and, and doing meetings and things like that, but also just trying to make sure as much as you can 
to, to go where they're going to be. And, uh, and again, that may be a five minute, Hey, how you doing? Or sometimes it turns into a 30 minute, do you have any questions, any concerns? And well, yeah, actually I do. And next thing you know, you're in an in-depth conversation, but at the end of the day, if I walk in the room and they go, uh Oh, what's wrong or who's in trouble. Yep. That's a problem. That mm-hmm. means they're not seeing me enough and I'm not engaging enough. And so, um, but it takes time to create that trust and that kind of atmosphere where they feel at ease when I'm around and, and almost expect it. Yeah. Good words here from uh, Chief John Robinson. Uh, G- Chief Robinson is the Director of Public Safety for the city of Alpharetta. You talk a lot in your book about making sure as a leader that you are always growing. Expand on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if, if we ever get to a point to where we think we've arrived, you know, um, to use John Maxwell's five levels of leadership, when we get to that fifth level, that pinnacle, and that we're done, we're good, I, I, I know everything I need to know, then we honestly are already beginning the process of becoming somewhat useless. Mm-hmm. Um, we should always be growing. There are several ways. I believe in that reading is one. I'm, I'm a big believer in, in that. Um, General Mattis said, once said, you know, leaders are readers, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but also constantly trying to connect and engage with other leaders. Um, this week on, on Thursday morning, I will go to a 6.30 meeting with probably 10 other police chiefs that we meet once a month just to engage and connect, and we, we share some of the same values. Uh, but I, a lot of those guys in that room are, are mentors for me, and so mm-hmm. always learning and hearing from them. Um, I'm going to a conference next month, our Chiefs Conference in San Diego, you know, with 15,000 other people from around the world and going to classes and training. And I, I never can do that kind of stuff enough. And and just being willing to, to listen to our people as well and, you know, what do I need to be doing better and, and to grow. And so Simon Sinek, referring to him again, start with why, he was asked one time because he's hung out with a lot of really effective leaders. Give me a couple of things that really make uh, effective leaders effective you know in other words what's distinct about them versus everybody else he said they're humble and they're teachable mm. and both those things are a part of growth and, mm. and and understanding and i've been doing this for a while now and i can i can assure you there's still several days where i'll wake up and go man i don't know that i even know what i'm doing right now you know <laughs> so or this is a new situation or a new challenge and so i don't know how anybody could ever get to the point where they feel like they got it all figured out mm-hmm. but uh i just know that growing is is extremely important and that should never stop you know, when you when you start saying that to yourself, that may be the beginning of the end, right? Because Absolutely. yeah, because we're we're always that's part of always growing, right? Is the humility mm-hmm. to know you have to do that. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I think there has to be that humility in there to to uh, again have the mindset that there's always a way I can make this better. That's one of our favorite phrases uh, at our place. As a matter of fact, downstairs on the wall outside of roll call, it says "Make it better." We're always saying as good as we may be, let's always make it better. And so that's always a challenge for me personally is what can I do to make it better? And there are some areas that I have a lot of work on to make mm-hmm. it better, honestly. But yeah, if, if, if a leader ever loses that humility uh, and begins to make it about their ego and about their agenda and make it about them, then to me, they're kind of missing the mark on what leadership's all about. So this book is really for more than just a, uh, uh, public safety departments for uh, you know cultures that are traditionally hierarchical hierarchical i'm not even sure i got that word right john <laughs> I, know <what> <laughs> I know what you mean yeah um 
it, it goes beyond those kind of uh, narrow ways to define what you're trying to do here, right? Yes. Obviously, some of my stories and, and points of reference in there are from my background in public safety, but also utilize a lot of other stories and examples from different parts of leadership and different organizations, different uh, types of cultures. And and absolutely, uh, I, I would like to believe that the tenets of leadership I discussed in this can be applied across the board. Whether you're brand new at this, or you've been doing this for 20 years, one of the things I tried to do in here is give some really practical ideas you can walk away with as mm-hmm. well. But uh, at the end of the day, leadership principles in general uh, can somehow fit or apply in almost any organization, big, small, in between, uh, whether you're you know, selling widgets or customer service or public safety, uh, the most, most effective leadership tenants uh, apply across the board. Yeah, for sure. So let, let's, let's talk to this, this wider audience. We've hopefully uh, had them lean in here a little bit more. I mean, what, do you, what are you hoping that people will take away? from the book, some of these big principles. We've talked about some, of course, but what, what haven't we mentioned here that, that people need to know and why they need to pick up your book? We're, we're in a unique uh, time uh, regarding um, you know retaining good employees. We all know some of the struggles, especially since COVID and just the hiring and retaining. In our profession, You know, it used to be we never had any issues staying fully staffed, and we're struggling now, but I, I think most people are in some ways. And so I believe now more than ever, we need leaders that are intentional on creating healthy cultures that people want to be a part of. Yes, money is important. Benefits are important. All that's very important. But, you know, statistics still show the number one reason why people leave jobs is because of bad bosses, because mm. of bad leadership. And so right. uh, I think that's very telling. And so for us, for any any profession, any any leader in any role, I think the goal has to be to try to do all we can to, to create that culture where people feel valued and feel like they matter. And again, it's a win-win in that um, if we do that, we invest in them, they're more likely to be committed and they're more likely to go out and do a good job in whatever their role may be in our organization. Chief John Robinson, he is the... Director of Public Safety for the City of Alpharetta. Uh, wow, what a what a uh, great work you've done here, and of course you've done over your career at the City of Alpharetta. We appreciate you and you. be able to highlight you and your work, and by extension the work of your department. So c- kudos to all of your team. Uh, for those that want to know more about your book, learn more. Let's give them coordinates on uh, how they can do that. Sure. Well, the uh, the simple way it is on Amazon. So just uh, Google compelling force leadership or, or um, and, and my name and it'll easily pop up. It's it's available in Kindle version as well as paperback. Uh, if you um, are here in the Alfred area, uh, I can certainly connect with you. Just hit me up on LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, or on Twitter. I'm sorry, on X now. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the social platform yeah. formerly known as Twitter, That's right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but LinkedIn's a good way to connect. Uh, but at the end of the day, anybody can just jump on Amazon and order it. Terrific. Yep. Terrific. Uh, Chief John Robinson, uh, D- Director of Public Safety for the City of Alpharetta, thank you so much for joining us and letting us uh, uh, get some words of wisdom from you. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. So if you've got some uh, dysfunction in your back office that involves administrative tasks, in other words, you're doing too many of those and you need to have someone else take that off your plate, uh, maybe your bookkeeping consists of your um, a big box of uh, receipts that has Nike on the side. Uh, you need some help, and you're spending too much time on issues that you really need to outsource so you can focus on your customers, your prospects, and your um, employees. 
Office Angels can help. They have a whole team of angels that fly in, get that work done for you, and they fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis, and they help restore the joy to your business that you used to have. Give them a call at 678-528-0500 and let them know we sent you. If you're shy, you can go to officeangels.us, but I just encourage you to uh, give them a call. You'll be glad you did. And I'm confident of that because they helped me with my business and I couldn't do it without them. And speaking of books, I've got a book coming out later this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey. It's raising your confidence, your value, and your pricing using the generosity mindset method. It'll be out by the end of 2023. If you want to get updates on the book, learn more, you can go to pricevaluejourney.com. And today is a special episode of North Fulton Business Radio, not because of, not just because of having uh, uh, Chief Robinson with us, but also because it's the 700th episode of North Fulton Business Radio. And we're excited about that. And we have only gotten this far because of you, our valued listeners. You continue to share the show, follow us on uh, the various social media platforms, uh, and uh, we're, we're just grateful for your support. So. If you've heard something here that in this episode that uh, makes you want to share the show, please do that, as you always have done. Uh, it helps us celebrate great business leaders like Chief Robinson and the other some 1,100 guests that we've had over these last seven and a half years. And we appreciate your efforts and your help in helping us lean into our mission to be the voice of business in the North Fulton region. So for my guest, Chief John Robinson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.